Okay, so there's two readings today. The first one is taken from Luke 6, verses 12 to 16. One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them, whom he also designated apostles. Simon, who he named Peter, his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon, who was called the Zealot, Judas, son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. And the next reading is Romans 8, verses 29 to 30. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Amy. Hello again, everyone. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the gift of your word, and we thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, would you speak to us, guide our hearts as we meditate, guide our minds as we uh, digest, and our spirits, let, let us catch uh, something of uh, the life, what it means to follow you, to be called and chosen by you. And we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, well, the title um, I'm going to speak on is Chosen to be Family. Chosen to be Family, looking at uh, this passage in Luke where Jesus Calls, calls his disciples to him and designates 12 of them to be um, apostles. And in our journey through Luke's gospel, we're, we're at something of a hinge moment. Up until now, there's been a lot of action, like a lot of uh, ministry, and Jesus has been calling people to follow him, hasn't he? You know, Simon uh, and then Matthew, and has been doing these amazing miracles and teaching and and um, exorcism, all of this stuff. And now we get to a, a kind of an interlude, a quieter moment where um, we move from that kind of action-packed ministry to a time of teaching. So here, Jesus calls together his disciples, and then we see, if you look on what comes next in verse 17, uh, that is the Sermon on the Plain. So Jesus gathers everyone together, everyone comes to, to hear him uh, teach and teaches the Beatitudes, teaches love your enemies, etc. Uh, and there's a question I think that's being asked, like what does it mean to be part of the disciple community? What does it mean to be part of God's family? Like we've, sure, we've seen what Jesus can do, but what does it mean for us? What does it mean for folks like Simon, like Matthew, like the, the 12, like the many who followed Jesus? And, you know, there's a lot of focus on the 12 apostles um, in our text and generally in the Gospels and generally in our imaginations. When we think of the disciples, we think, oh, yeah, the, the 12 disciples who follow Jesus. But one thing I love about Luke in particular is he doesn't lose the focus that 
Jesus had many followers, uh, just as he does today. Um, you know, the, the disciples, well, the 12 apostles were just a small part, tiny part of a much larger community, which is called to be a family. So um, we see that even in um, the verses in our, our text at, at the start, verses 12 and 13, it says, one of those days, Jesus went out on a mountainside to pray, and he spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them. So there's more than just the 12 that are, that are present here. And if you look down verse 17, which is just after our passage for tonight, it says, Jesus went down with them down the mountainside and stood on a level place. A large crowd of his disciples was there, uh, as well as a great number of people from all over Judea, etc. Um, and Luke has a special concern to highlight this wider community that followed Jesus. I mean, if you look ahead to chapter 8, we see uh, a number of women who followed Jesus. And if we look ahead even further to chapter 10, Jesus sends out the 72 um, with just the same authority and power um, as the 12, as any of his other disciples. Um, and, you know, there's a sense that Jesus is forming more than just a club more than just a uh, kind of a rabbinic circle of learning, Jesus is forming a family, and all of us are invited. So I'd like to make three observations about belonging to the family of Jesus, um, and it's this. Firstly, family is belonging. Secondly, family is difficult. Um, and thirdly, family is glorious. So let's start first one. Family is belonging. Um, some of you will know that I grew up as a missionary kid. So my parents were, uh, were missionaries. They worked in international schools. Out uh, First, we spent um, a few years in West Africa and Ivory Coast, um, and then spent a number of years in India as well. And so they worked in these schools um, where other missionaries would send their kids uh, to have an education, um, if that wasn't possible, kind of where they were based. And as well as kind of running this kind of boarding school, as well, these were centers of mission in themselves out to the local uh, community. So I spent a lot of my childhood there. And one of the hardest times in my life was age 14 when we returned to the UK. I hadn't been properly in the UK since I was seven years old, came back age 14, went into GCSEs, and experienced something they call reverse culture shock. So you have this idea, when you go to a new place, you get culture shock, you're like, what's going on, different things, different language, all of that. Um, but then there's a, there's a second phenomenon, when you come back to uh, the place where you've come from, and you feel different, and people are not quite sure what to, to make of, uh, of you, you know. People asking me, are you British or are you Indian? Do you speak Indian? Of <laughs> course, um, Indian isn't a language they speak, you know. It's, but um, all of this stuff, it was a really difficult time. And it, it was a time where my sense of belonging, I was so glad for my family, my parents and my sister. They were like the, the one thing um, that was constant for me. 
family is uh, belonging. I was so blessed uh, during that time. Um, and, you know, part of the, the vision that I and others have, heart we have for this evening service congregation is that we would be a family where all of us can belong, where all are welcome, um, a place where, despite all the things that are going on outside in our lives and in society, we can be family, a place to belong here. Family is belonging. It's to be part of family is to be cared for. Jesus prayed all night. Did you notice that? He prayed all night before he chose those 12 to be apostles. Um, and he wasn't just praying for the, those 12. He was seeking his Father's will. Who should the 12 be? And he was praying for this whole family, much wider than the 12. Um, and, you know, the Bible tells us that Jesus intercedes for us in heaven. That means he's praying for you and for me right now uh, at the Father's side. He cares for you. And secondly, family is to be welcomed. Um, Jesus never turns anyone away. You know, he was followed by all sorts of people from Pharisees to publicans, women and men, rich and poor, educated, not educated, Jew and Gentile. Obviously, to follow Jesus doesn't, it's not like it costs us nothing. You think of the rich young ruler, this, uh, this young guy who was so passionate uh, and really, and longed to follow Jesus. And the thing Jesus said, one thing you need is to get rid of all of your possessions, all your wealth. And that was the one thing this guy couldn't do. So, but it was a sense that Jesus doesn't turn anyone away. That doesn't mean that no one perhaps turns themselves away, but all are welcome in Jesus' family. Um, some words from John chapter 1, verse 12, talking about the incarnation, Jesus taking on flesh and, and coming to be with us. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, part of his family. Children not born of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Uh, born of God to belong in his family. So family uh, is about belonging. Secondly, family is difficult. Family can be difficult, can't it? Um, we all know this. We all have different uh, family situations. Um, I'm aware for some there might be great joy, others lots of pain. Um, you know, some of you might want to spend a lot less time uh, with your family. Um, others, you might feel perhaps you've lost uh, biological family, um, and perhaps you long for that connection. Um, but family is difficult. It can be difficult for all of us. You know, the, the social media picture-perfect family does not exist. And we should be very wary about trying to find our identity and our security in that place, even though it's a, a place of great blessing. I want to have a little look at the 12 apostles as a, as a little microcosm of the Jesus family. Um, 
my, you know, we're used to those paintings, aren't we, with the, the 12 disciples all gathered around, you know, kind of, um, you know, looking to Jesus, uh, peaceful and serene and united. But the reality is, when you start to look at who was involved here, you had, well, first you had political enemies. Uh, let's see, we have Matthew, who's a tax collector. Uh, to be a tax collector meant to be a collaborator with the Roman occupiers. Um, I don't know, you might be familiar with, um, with uh, tax collectors feature quite prominently in the Gospels, actually. And in Luke, there's a story of Zacchaeus. Generally, they were hated. Um, and you have, later on in our list, did you notice Simon, who was called the Zealot? Well, zealots, the Zealots were religious nationalists who hated the Romans, um, and they advocated violence and uprising, and um, there was a, a famous uprising of the Zealots, which was crushed brutally by, uh, by the Roman Empire um, some decades after um, Jesus' death and resurrection. Um, and yet, these two were called to be family, these two political enemies. And Jesus has has strong words about how we treat our enemies, which Daniel Rogers is going to preach on next week, so I'll, I'll leave that um, for him. So you have political enemies. You have arrogant hotheads, James and John. Elsewhere, they're called the sons of thunder. Jesus nicknames them the sons of thunder. I'm not sure it was an endearing term. Um, you know, these guys, we look in chapter 9, these are the guys who excitedly ask Jesus if they can call down fire um, on a town that had rejected him. Obviously, Jesus says no. Um, these are the guys who ask Jesus, look, Lord, can we have the two best seats in heaven, please? Um, you know, when it says the disciples were arguing amongst themselves who was the greatest, I think these, these two were probably involved every time. You know, and yet they were called to be family, part of the family. You have Thomas, who's a skeptic, and yet he's called to be family. Simon Peter, who denied Jesus, and yet he's called to be family. And even Judas Iscariot, uh, the traitor who betrayed Jesus, who handed him over, he was called to be family. All of us are called uh, to be part of Jesus' family. We're all welcome. It's not, uh, even when it's difficult, this, the, the life of the Christian community isn't this kind of rose-tinted, everything's lovely, and we're all going to get on all the time. Um, it's difficult. That's okay. And, and Jesus knows that, and he knew that full well when he called uh, those 12 to him. And let's remember again that they were just a small representative part of a much bigger community. Family is difficult, but in God's family, we're reminded that we are chosen by God. We don't choose each other. Um, of these, those 12 apostles, you can be quite sure that uh, they probably didn't follow each other on Twitter. You know, they wouldn't have necessarily chosen to be family together or to be community, but that's exactly what Jesus did. Family can be difficult. And third... Family is glorious. And here's where I want to pick up on um, those couple of verses from Romans. 
Romans chapter 8, verses 29 and 30. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters, family. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. You know, our, our human, our biological families have some glorious aspects to them. Um, but God's family is even more glorious. Uh, you know, it's made up of those of us who God has called, who is justified, who is glorifying. You know, did you know that if you follow Jesus, if you're part of the, the Jesus community, the Jesus family, you're being glorified. You're being made more, more and more into the image of Jesus after his heart and his calling. And, and the family that Jesus has formed, it's distinct from any human family. There's no other family uh, that God has entered in to gather, died on a cross to carry our sin and shame and risen victorious to offer eternal life. What a glorious family uh, we are invited to be part of. And there's two things in particular I just want to draw out um, along this theme. One is that community um, is a gift. You know, we live increasingly uh, in an atomized, individualistic, isolated society, don't we? Um, in 2018, Theresa May, while she was prime minister, appointed uh, a government minister for loneliness um, and commissioned research and things. And, just, and as she did so, she said loneliness was one of the greatest public health challenges of our time. And studies have shown consistently that 6%, um, at least, of the UK population would say they feel lonely most or all of the time. You know, I... I have friends uh, who, who aren't Christians, who, who, don't, um, who don't follow Jesus, who have told me they, they're kind of envious of the community that, that I'm able to have as a Christian in the church. I can move to any place in the UK or even the world, and there's a community, there's a family there ready for me. It's something I, I think often we take for granted um, but this is something our culture is crying out for in desperate need of. Community um, is a gift uh, that we can share with a lonely world. So let's make it part of our witness. Uh, let's be family makers um, and, and family inviters in the name of Jesus. Um, and the second glorious thing about Jesus' family is it's a place of growth. It's a place where each of us can grow in the gifts that, that God has given us, uh, where we can grow in faith, in calling. Um, in Ephesians, Paul's letter to the Ephesians, he talks about five kind of categories of uh, gifting and calling. There's fivefold ministry. There's apostles, kind of strategic leaders. There's prophets who 
hear and communicate God's heart. There's evangelists who are great at drawing people in, drawing people to Jesus. There's shepherds who care and heal the hurting. And there's teachers who, who kind of make known God's words. And of course, we see here Jesus calling and appointing these apostles, this apostles calling and gifting. Um, and there's actually, there's a great website it's called fivefoldministry.com. You can go on there and that's, that, that, that is all about helping each of us to perhaps recognize which gifting that we have. And yeah, I'd really encourage you to engage with some of that because those of us in God's family are called and are able to grow in these things. And we actually had a word, uh, quite independent, um, I was going to say this anyway, but uh, just before the service, as we were praying, asking for words and pictures uh, from the Lord, there's this sense of, of God calling us to, to stir up the giftings amongst us by the laying on of hands. So, yeah, I'd really love to encourage you to come receive prayer after the service. If, I don't know if there's a particularly one of those five that really resonates with you. Um, or one that you already know is a gifting for you. Come receive prayer. We'd love to, to pray for you, pray an increase in that gifting, or uh, pray for discernment for you in what God is growing uh, within your life. Um, and, you know, just look at the 12 apostles. They experienced incredible growth, didn't they, in their own lives. They entered um, into Jesus' community and family um, as... Well, we just heard some of their limitations, didn't we, and struggles. Um, and yet, these are, these are the guys, amongst others, who Jesus grew into these mature leaders, these courageous witnesses um, who, uh, in almost all cases, went to their deaths uh, to spread the good news of Jesus and the love of God to the world. Uh, family is glorious, and Jesus' family especially so. So just to finish, um, I'd just love to encourage us. Let's be family. Let's embrace being part of the family that Jesus has called each of one of us to. And I'd yeah, love to finish with this quote. Um, I know I quote from Dietrich Bonhoeffer a lot, but he has so much good to say. Um, and in this book, Brilliant book, highly recommended. It's called Life Together, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. It's only about 100 pages long, absolutely brilliant. Um, Bonhoeffer was a German pastor and theologian. Um, he was alive and ministering during the Second World War in Nazi Germany and kind of set up these underground seminaries and, and just is just so practical and honest and, um, and faithful um, in living out Christian community. So that's what um, this book is about. I super recommend it. And he says this, Christian brotherhood and sisterhood is not an ideal which we must realize. It is rather a reality created by God in Christ in which we may participate. So Christian family is not an ideal which we must realize. It is a reality created by God in Christ which, in which we may participate. So tempting to try and just say, this is great, let's, what structures can I put in place? Like, what things can I do to 
to make this family. And, you know, he's, Bonhoeffer is ministering and writing in the context of Nazi Germany where, you know, totalitarian dictatorship where they wanted to form the world by force um, along their ideology. Rather than trying to realize this, as in, you know, make it real, instead it's an invitation to participate, an invitation to get involved, to follow Jesus. Uh, and to, to look to him. It's an invitation. It's not a command. Not something we must do, but something we can do. And I wonder, what, what, what's your, how, what would you say your relationship is with God's family? You know, do you feel like you're, do you, do you feel like you're, you know, totally enmeshed in the family, or perhaps do you feel like you're on the outside? Um, often we can have feelings of feeling like, you know, perhaps I'm unworthy, I'm not worthy for this, I'm not good enough. What's your relationship with God's family today? And what, what do we need to come to Jesus with and ask him to, uh, to give us a new vision and participate with him in the family he's gathering? So let's be family like, yes, let's get stuck in with brewing the coffee. Yes, please, absolutely. But there's so much more, there's so much, much, so much more depth than that. Let's, how can we offer friendship to one another? You know, let's be welcoming to those who are new or those who are on the margins, who, those who are different from us. Uh, let's bear with one another in love and grace when things are difficult, when there's division, when there's disagreement. And let's be family makers after the pattern of our Lord Jesus. So may we, in following Jesus, be a family where people can belong, where we can embrace the difficulties, and where the glory of Jesus can be seen by all. Let's pray. I'd like to invite you to stand, and perhaps the band can come up. Lord Jesus, thank you that it's all about what you're doing. Thank you that you gather us as family. We're family, an expression here locally in Leamington and in St. Paul's Church, and in, even in this evening congregation. Thank you, Lord, that you have chosen us, each one of us, and you've made a way for us to be uh, part of your family. Lord, would you help us to participate more and more, to, um, to join uh, what you invite us to. Thank you, Lord, you're so gentle. Thank you, you're so welcoming. Thank you, Lord, you don't shy away from the messiness and the difficulty. Would you... Send your Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, and, uh, and fill us and direct us. Give us a heart for family. There might be uh, some of us for whom our human family is, is really difficult and painful. 
Lord, would you come and speak a word of healing? And Lord, would you well, thank you that uh, your family isn't limited to our, our own experience of our own, our own human or biological families. And Lord, would you send us out in mission? Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the gift of community that you have given us. Lord, would you help us to share it with others uh, for uh, the sake of your kingdom, or for the sake of your world? Thank you, Lord. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.